You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's up, guys? This is the Talk in the Star podcast. I'm your host, Connor Livesey. Not joined by either one of my co-hosts tonight, but I'm here solo to uh, carry on the tradition of the weekly Talk in the Star podcast. Uh, we had OTAs kick off today uh, in Dallas. Uh, the Cowboys got together as a team for the first time this offseason uh, to practice uh, in somewhat fashion, I guess you can say. Uh, OTAs are not mandatory, so voluntary, just organize activities that the team gets together, runs some drills, um, does a little bit of teamwork, but for the most part, it's just kind of getting these guys ready for training camp. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about that today, but also uh, the big news of the day was that Jalen Smith, everyone's favorite Cowboys linebacker, has changed his number from 54 to 9. Obviously, if you are on social media, if you are an actual Cowboys fan, you saw the absolute chaos that ensued when that news broke earlier today. Um, And this has been in the works for a while. Um, The last couple days, even weeks, really, there's been some rumblings that this was coming about. So today was the day it broke and uh, a lot of people were upset. I could obviously, honestly, 100% not care at all. Um, Like most, Jalen Smith's career arc in Dallas has been pretty disappointing. Um, After redshirting the first year, playing pretty well the second year, playing halfway decent the third year, and then really just struggling the fourth year and then struggling this year, it's been uh, down, up, down, down. Now it's to the point now where he's making a lot of money. Uh, the social media presence, the lack of awareness, I think, drives people into the hatred of Jalen Smith. And while I don't think the player is very good, I think maybe at times he gets a little bit of unwarranted criticism. And I think this is kind of a perfect example. Um, You know, he he wore a pretty popular number in 54 for a while and nobody really cared. But now that there's a new rule and he wanted to wear Tony Romo's old old number, people are up in arms about it. Uh, Like I told you, I I could really care less if he plays good football. I don't care if he's wearing one, two, zero, nine, 54, 100. Like, all I want is – good football players and 
guys who, uh, you know, are, are good Cowboys. So if he gets a number nine and turns into a Hall of Famer, I don't think anybody's going to be complaining. It's just the the lack of, I guess, skill set, the lack of awareness that people are up in arms about, uh, the fact that he is wearing number nine, a uh, number that Tony Romo wore his whole career that people really just really worship. Uh, I think that's the the big reason that you're seeing so much, uh, you know, negative feedback on it. But um, that wasn't the only one. Donovan Wilson changed his number from 37 to six. Uh, so Jalen Smith's now in nine, Donovan Wilson's in six. I think both guys look good in their new numbers. I think single digit numbers on linebackers, um, and physical players just in general looks good. Um, as much as a lot of people won't want to admit it, I think Jalen Smith looks cool in nine. I think Donovan Wilson looks cool in six. So I wish them nothing but the the best. And I hope that their uh, change in numbers um, helps the defense because the defense needs all the help it can get. And if changing a number is going to help, then sign me up. So I could care less about the number changes. That's literally something that I don't care about at all. Um, you know, I, I don't think that any number should really be, you know, ever retired. You know, maybe you stay away from the eights and the twelves in Dallas, but you know, CD Lamb put on eighty-eight, a number that was, you know, worn by Drew Pearson, Michael Irvin, Des Bryant. No one really had an issue with that. You, you've had players wear, you know, ninety-four, you know, seventy. Three, there's been some players that have worn, you know, nobody through, you know, Joe Looney wearing Larry Allen's number was never a big issue. So, so again, so many uh, situations where that's popped up that nobody cared about. It's just everybody dislikes Jalen Smith and a lot of people love Tony Romo, but who cares? Uh, OTAs kicked off today was the first day that media could get in and see the practices uh, Dak was there. Dak did do a lot of things and practice it and do a lot of team stuff just because they don't want him getting rolled up on. You know, they don't want, you know, Randy Gregory screaming off the edge, pushing whoever the third string left tackle is back, tripping over his feet, rolling up on the, the ankle that's still, you know, being rehabbed and re injuring it. So it's smart to kind of have him be involved in the one-on-ones, be involved in the seven-on-seven, be involved in maybe even some of the, you know, light team stuff. But anything where there's actual pass rush involved or pass protection involved, they're probably going to have him off to the side as the uh, ankle continues to, to gain strength. Um, but as you saw, if you, if you follow a lot of the uh, Dallas Cowboys media on Twitter, you saw pictures – Um, comments about how he was moving around, you know, rather easily throwing on the move, um, showing that he's healthy, you know, while he's probably still not a hundred percent, it looked like from what we heard, what we saw that, that he was able to move around with good mobility, throw on the move, get in and out of the pocket, you know, do some rushing. So that's great to see this early on in the process because there was a lot of people who didn't think he'd be ready at all for OTAs, didn't think he'd do anything. And OTAs, training camp, mini camp, any of that stuff, and we're one day or two days into to OTAs and we're already getting some photo and, and you know, evidence of him practicing. So, so that's great to see. Um, there's only a few of these OTA practices. It'll, it'll be – 
over before you know it. And then we'll get into camp when there'll be more eyes on this. There'll be more uh, video of his reps in practice. So that'll be good to see as well. But uh, it looked like the the practices went really well today. Um, I think it, you know, what we can see the the offense and defense kind of exchange blows. Uh, look like Nation Wright, the third round pick, the 99th overall pick in the 2021 draft, the draft pick that myself and a lot of people did not like. It looks like he's uh, carrying his good uh, rookie mini camp into these OTAs as he had another uh, play on the ball today. Um, Reggie Robinson, the guy they've moved around to multiple different positions this offseason, uh, made a play on the ball today. Uh, so it's nice to see these corners getting their hands on the football and, and hopefully uh, showing some some growth. Uh, didn't hear a lot about Kevin Joseph or Micah Parsons today. There were some pictures and, you know, they participate in practice, but didn't get a ton of, you know, updates on those guys. But it's early. You know, they're kind of working the rookies in. They'll be, you know, second, third, probably maybe even some of those guys, fourth team defense and offense right away. So, don't read too much into it right now, but uh, it was nice to see those guys out on the field. Nice to see. Uh, it seems like they had a really good attendance. It is voluntary. It's not mandatory. So it, it's nice to see a lot of the, the guys showing up and participating. But um, good, you know, first glimpse of what the 2021 Dallas Cowboys will look like. Um, you know, obviously the quarterback's working things slow. Uh, some of these guys who – had off-season injuries or, or rehabbing still not going to be thrown into the fire right now, but it's nice to see these guys on the field and, and getting ready for, uh, for camp, which is right around the corner. But um, since I'm by myself today, I asked, we're going to do a little bit of a mailbag. I'm just going to go down the list. I asked Twitter uh, about 30 minutes before I recorded this for some questions and I got a bunch of them. So I'm just going to go through as many of these as I can uh, before we get out of here. Uh, the first question is from MG underscore style, uh, MG underscore got style, excuse me. Uh, and he says, how many wide receivers will they carry? Will TJ Vasher and Simi take Wilson and Brown's job? I think they carry six receivers, and I think those receivers are going to be Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, CeeDee Lamb, Cedric Wilson, Simi Fajoko, and then I think it's going to come down um, to your – Noah Browns to your possibly TJ Vasher. I don't think TJ Vasher is going to make the roster out of camp. I think he's more of a practice squad guy and then maybe develop, um, you know, for, for next year, if he can stick around. Cause he's, you know, he's such a rare combination of size, length and ball skills. And I don't think he's a guy that necessarily want to lose, but he just doesn't have that overall athleticism. Uh, to really, to really, uh, you know, stick as a as a full roster candidate as an undrafted free agent, um, but I think you know he's got a decent shot uh, at that six wide receiver spot. There's a few other guys um, on the roster going into camp that I think are gonna, you know, give him a run for his money. Like I said, it'll it'll probably I think Noah Brown will, will grab that you know fifth spot and Simi Fajoko will ground that sixth spot, but. You know, your Aaron Parkers, your Osiris Mitchells, your Brennan Eagles, Malik Turner, uh, Stephen Guidry, those are those are some guys as well, rookie young players who have a chance to make that roster. But I think it's going to be Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, CeeDee Lamb, uh, Cedric Wilson, Noah Brown, Simi Fajoko as your, your six wide receivers. 
that will be on the roster um, come opening day. Uh, you know, it just depends on injuries. If, if one of those guys gets hurt, if somebody's banged up, maybe they do go five, but I, I think they do go six, and I think those are the six. Christopher at Sing for the Day, a uh, good friend on Twitter, has asked, how good does this defense have to be to get the Cowboys in the NFC Championship? Um, I'm going to answer that with, I guess, a rhetorical question, I guess is the way you say it, is tell me who's healthy on offense. If Tyron Smith stays healthy for 13, 14 games, if especially going into the playoffs, if he's healthy, Flau Collins, if Zach Martin, Dak Prescott, if, you know, you're Amari Cooper and, you know, at least at least three or three of those receivers, whether it's Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, or, you know, you can afford to probably lose one of those guys uh, to, to have missed time, but you need, you need that passing game to, to be what it was, you know, in the Atlanta game in 2020. So, well, I think it will rely more on is the offense turning. I think if that defense can just be middle of the pack-ish, and I say that because I don't think they need to be much better if that offense is healthy. I think they can afford to be the 20th best overall defense because I think that offense, if healthy and if turning on all, you know, clicking on all cylinders is good enough to score, you know, 30, 35 points a game. The defense can keep, you know, teams under – 20 points a game, I think you're you're looking at a good chance for, for them to compete for that NFC championship. So I'd say somewhere around that, you know, an absolute worst 22nd-ish defense, and you can't have them be much worse than that because you can't rely on your offense to score 30 points a game. You're going to need to win, uh, you know, a 20 to 14 or 20 to 17 game two or three times throughout the year against a, a good football team. So I think, you know, if they can be middle to maybe even just slightly worse than middle of the pack, they have a good chance. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Prop G Pod wherever you get your podcasts. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Good friend, AJ Schultz uh, at AJ Draft Scout. I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on how the linebacker and safety situation sort out for this upcoming season or for the future. Um, I think the future is pretty clear with Micah Parsons and Jabril Cox. I think there's a really good chance that neither Jalen Smith or Leighton Vander Esch are here in 2022. Uh, I think in a best case scenario, 
Jalen Smith's New Jersey number makes him return to that 2017-18 form where you know Jalen and Leighton Van Der Esch look like one of the best linebacker duos on fi- football. Um, the one thing you can say about Jalen throughout his career is he's been able to stay healthy. So if he can stay healthy and return to above average form, which I don't think that's totally out of the question. Maybe he sticks around because he is under contract already. Um, For Leighton, I just don't – he's never been healthy going back to high school. He wasn't healthy all the time in college. He wasn't healthy coming into the NFL. Hasn't stayed healthy in the NFL. Hasn't been all that great other than that rookie year uh, when he is healthy. So I just don't think you can make a massive investment into Leighton even if he does have a good year this year, just because I don't think you can trust the health. But if he wanted to sign a you know, team-friendly deal to come back, sure, I'd be interested. But I think you're looking at a situation where Michael Parsons, Jalen Smith, Leighton Vander Esch are your top three linebackers um, in 2021 with the Jabril Cox and Keanu Neal mixed in. Um, and to answer the second part of your question, I'm really interested to see what the safety situation turns out to be because – we didn't think DeMonte Kazee would really be ready to, to start the year, but you know that was one thing that came out today in OTAs is that he is practicing and it doesn't look like he's all that um, hampered by the Achilles injury. So if DeMonte Kazee is healthy to start the year, I think he's your starting free safety. I think Donovan Wilson uh, is obviously your starting strong safety. Um, I, I think you'll still see some Keanu Neal uh, at that strong safety spot, but he'll also kind of mix in as that will uh, off the ball linebacker as well. Um, they don't really have a ton of depth at safety. You know, you got Donovan Wilson, you got DeMonte Kazee, uh, you got Keanu Neal, um, but it's not like they're out there just running dudes out there at safety. Um you know, Darian Thompson's still on the roster. Jaron Curse is a free agent that they brought in who I think is going to make this roster just because he's versatile. He can cover, um, he can play the strong, he can play the free. He's a good special teams player. So I think you're going to be looking at DeMonte Kazee is your free safety. Donovan Wilson is your strong safety. Darian Thompson will probably stick around on this roster because he's been around. Um, and then Jaron Curse will uh, kind of make it as your fourth safety slash versatile defensive back slash special teamers. So I think that's kind of what you're going to look at. And Keanu Neal, you know, played that strong safety role in Atlanta for Dan Quinn for years. So he'll, he'll mix in, in that rotation as well too. Um, this one's easy uh, at Eddie Pizzi. Pizzi. I don't know how you pronounce that. I hope I don't butcher it too bad. But he asked, do you think the Cowboys make any more uh, free agency moves? I do not. I think they're probably tapped out uh, from a salary cap standpoint and just probably going to take these this roster um, into camp. I'm not saying they won't. Maybe add. it's not going to be you know a sexy move. I don't think it would ever be like a Melvin Ingram or something like that. I think, if anything, it might be just adding depth to maybe – you know, the defensive line, something like that, you know, just something very low budget, you know, no high risk, high reward scenarios. I think it'd be just something very non-newsworthy is probably the best way to put it. But I I don't think you see any more splashes. And if you do, I think it's very uh, lukewarm as far as how exciting people would be. 
Pablo at P underscores Amora 13 asks candidates to earn their first Pro Bowl. Um, good question. Let's go with Randy Gregory. I think that's a, that's a good name. Um, you know, his first time really that he's going to go into a training camp without dealing with a suspension or an injury or anything. So he's at OTAs. He's working out. He's going to go into training camp. As long as he can stay healthy, um, you know, going into the season and for most of the year, I think he has a really good chance to uh, make his first Pro Bowl. I think he came on really strong at the end of the year uh, last year with, you know, opposite Demarcus Lawrence, um, just his ability to rush the passer with speed, flexibility. Um, he's gotten so much thicker without, you know, losing that juice off the edge too. So I think his ability to play stronger at the point of attack, both as a pass rusher and a run defender um, has been impressive as, as his kind of career has developed. So he's one that I would keep an eye on. And then just one other name that I'll, I'll throw out there uh, is CD lamb. Um, Very popular guy around the league. And a lot of that, kind of goes into who who makes the Pro Bowl and who doesn't. Uh, coming out of Oklahoma, he's a big, big-time draft prospect. You know, fell to the Cowboys, obviously, the 17th overall pick, was off to an extremely hot start uh, last year. While Amari Cooper had a fantastic season, uh, CeeDee Lamb was on pace to maybe be the team's most productive receiver before the Dak Prescott injury. So I think it'll be interesting to see what he does uh, with another training camp, you know, another offseason under his belt. So – those would be my two, C.D. Lamb and uh, Randy Gregory, um, with an emphasis on Randy Gregory because of how much he'll be around football, coaching, meeting rooms, all that this offseason. It won't be dealing with fighting the league on a suspension or, or something like that. So uh, DMV X Joker asked two questions. Do you think we will see Lawrence inside more in the Michael Bennett role in, uh, in another, who do you see starting opposite of, uh, starting opposite of Diggs? Um, in OTAs, uh, today, which is, you know, recording this on, on Tuesday, this will come out Wednesday. So Tuesday was really the first day we got a uh, look at things, um, Anthony Brown started on the outside with Trayvon Diggs and then Jordan Lewis on the inside. I think by the time we get around to the start of the season, it'll be Diggs, Joseph, and then one of Brown or Lewis starting in the slot. So I think it'll eventually be Joseph. I, I think by the time week one rolls around, I think with, tra- you know, training camp preseason, I think Joseph will kind of blossom. Um, Really to kind of go off track a little bit here, I'm interested to see if Anthony Brown and Jordan Lewis both make the roster because you can get a little bit of cap savings by moving on from either one of those guys. Um, Obviously, Nation Wright showing some things, Reggie Robinson showing some things. I don't think you want to move away from having, you know, maybe a little bit too much corner depth there's a situation where you could save some, some cap space by moving on from one of Anthony Brown or Jordan Lewis. And both of those guys, in my opinion, are better nickel corners than they are boundary corners. And with Reggie Robinson, with Kelvin Joseph, with Nation Wright, that's three guys, and Trayvon Diggs, that's four guys who are primarily boundary corners. So you don't really need one of those guys to play boundary. And, and you're fine with playing two backup nickel uh, you, having two guys who can slide in the nickel and move around a little bit. So, you, you know, in a perfect world, I think you'd want to keep 
six DBs. I'm just interested to see what happens with like CJ Goodwin, who's a key special teamer who, you know, technically plays corner and would make the roster as a corner. Um, so maybe they find a way to keep seven, him being, you know, one of the tech, you know, quote unquote corners, but being more of a pro bowler. And then to answer the other question, do you think we'll see more Lawrence uh, playing that inside, you know, kind of three technique role? I think you'll see it in certain situations. I think with Dan Quinn, you'll see them play some three down lines. And I think in those three down lines, you could get a mixture of Randy Gregory at one end, either Michael Parsons or Terrell Basham at one end. Um, and then maybe you have Demarcus Lawrence playing as that, you know, defensive tackle, I guess you can call it, um, you know, from that, you know, odd, odd defensive line front. But I think you could see situations too from when they play that three, four, where Michael Parsons is playing as an outside linebacker, Brent Urban's playing as a defensive end, Terrell Basham's playing as an outside linebacker, Randy Gregory playing as a defensive end or outside linebacker. And then, you know, DeMarcus Lawrence is one of those defense tackles. So while I do think you'll see it more than we have, I don't think it's going to be a situation where on second and seven, you know, your four down linemen are Randy Gregory, Terrell Basham, DeMarcus Lawrence, and Neville Gallimore. I think it'll just be in like passing situations, kind of how they've done throughout his career where you'll see him, you know, reduce down inside and rush the passer, just trying to, trying to give either – Interior defensive line or interior offensive lineman just trouble with his quickness um, in pass rush moves versus having a guy like Neville Gallimore or Tristan Hill or um, one of those interior guys that, who would, you know, whether it's Odigi Zua or Chauncey Golson, I think you could see a situation where Demarcus Lawrence gets some of those reps on third and longs just because of how good he is as a pass rusher. Um, Zach M4 asked, what are your thoughts on the Jalen switching numbers? Kind of already did that, but he also said, what are your biggest concerns on this team as of today? Uh, mine would still be the defensive tackles. Um, I really like Neville Gallimore. I think he can be a really solid starting you know, defensive tackle for you, but I'm still not sold on Tristan Hill. A lot of folks – you know, while he did show some flashes in 2020, he still wasn't a good player in 2020, still had a lot of issues, still struggled a lot. You just saw some of those flashes that you saw from him coming out of college at UCF. Um, Odigi Zua, the UCLA uh, third round pick this year, I think will play a really nice complimentary role this year, but he's not a guy who I think is going to step in and just be a dominant force on the interior of that defensive line. So I really think you're still looking at Neville Gallimore, Brent Urban, you know, those are going to be your guys. Uh, Quentin Bohana uh, is your nose tackle, you know, one technique um, candidate who can do, you know, a lot of run plugging for you, but it's just going to have the run defense is going to have to get a lot better and it's going to have to start with those defensive tackles. And I just, Outside of Brent Urban and Quentin Bohana, I don't know that you got a whole lot better from 2020 to 2021. But that that's one of the positions we'll be paying a lot of attention to in training camp and in the preseason to see if they're holding up a little bit better against the run. Actually, Jackson McCarter, which was the last question I was going to answer, just asked me what the current what my thoughts were on the current defensive tackles on the Cowboys, and I guess kind of just bouncing off of what I just said a little bit. 
I think Neville Gallimore's got the most potential. I think uh, Oso Adigizua has potential. I just don't think defensive tackle for rookies is the position that they just come in and are ready to dominate. So while I think he can be a good player, I think he's going to be kind of like what your Neville Gallimore was this year, a player who flashed, a player who down the stretch showed uh, signs of growth. But I just don't think you can expect him to step in and, and be a you know, six, seven sack guy or be a guy who's just completely going to change your, your outlook on the run defense. I think Brent Urban, a free agent addition uh, from the Bears, might have your, your biggest impact, uh, your biggest new impact, I should say. I think he's stout against the run. Um, he's long. He's physical. He's big. He eats up space. Uh, he's not your traditional, you know, nose tackle body. He's like six foot seven, two hundred and ninety pounds. So he's, he's kind of got your your three tech weight in your, you know, absolutely massive frame. So he's a guy who can play multiple roles on that defense. You'll see him play, you know, the four eye. You'll see him play the five tech. You'll see him play the three tech, the one tech, the zero tech. He'll he'll move around a ton. Um, but I think he's a guy who you know might be your 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 I guess you can say your nose tackle, your one technique, your zero tech, who's going to rotate in with Quentin Bohana uh, in and out. And while he's a different body type than Quentin, um, you know, more of your tall and thin guy, he's still super strong at the point of attack, super super powerful, and he will help your run defense. He probably is the one player that the Cowboys brought in this year outside of Micah Parsons that I feel like makes the biggest impact against the run. And that is uh Brent Urban. I think Quentin Bohana can be a quality, you know, space eater, uh, but he has still some, some growth to do with his pad level and in his, his ability to use length and just play with better leverage as a run defender, or even though he is, you know, a big body, he can still get moved around a little bit. So He's a he's a really fun developmental player, but I think Brent Urban can make the biggest impact out of these guys. And I think if you if you want to bet on a you know a, a good jump from year one to year two, I think Neville Gallimore showed a lot at the end of year one to make you feel really good that he can be a better you know more impactful player consistent uh, consistency in in year two. So. That's all the time we got for today. Appreciate all the questions. You guys helped eat up a lot of time because doing this as a solo is not fun. So hopefully Cole and Dalton will be back next week so we can uh, bounce some of these questions and ideas off of each other and I won't have to sit here and mumble on for as long as I did today. But uh, thank you guys so much for the questions. Thank you guys for tuning in and listening again. We'll be back next week to kind of recap and check in on week two of Cowboys OTAs. Uh, with training camp just around the corner, we are getting fired up for the uh, 2021 season. QB1's back on the field. You know, Jalen's got a new number. So while football has been a distant memory for what seems like a while before and then after the draft, we're getting close to getting back to the action, and uh, we can't wait. So we'll be back next week for another Talking the Star episode. I'm your host, Connor Livey. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we will see you guys next week.
more to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.